Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, now, two guys who've discovered that making toast in the bathtub just hits different. Chris and the Riz. Hey, hi ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast. This is episode 485. It's really like... Probably 700 and something if we count all the ones that we didn't number. But we're here. We're here. We're real. And we got all your stuff going on. This is the Detroit Lions Joint Camp with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. And I am the sexiest man on the internet. Chris, with my good friend and just about as sexy co-host and good friend Jeff the Riz. Risden, how you doing, brother? Chris, I have Smoothie King. I'm Uh-oh. awesome. Are, wait, are you feeling okay? You're not, you're not, you're not feeling it falling ill, are you? I, I I hope not. It, it's not been a great um, physical health day. Let's hope the mental health stays up and it'll help. <laughs> Sponsor here. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Oh, we got a good so show good. today. I'm sorry we're, we're a little bit late. It's the only way. <laughs> I apologize that we're a little late getting going. Uh, had a little bit of camera issues. It, I was so gorgeous. My camera couldn't even take it. But, I couldn't uh, see you. You were like invisible. It was yeah. it was weird. I saw I saw I saw your new background, by the way, which is phenomenal. Thank you. We'll have some fun with that this year. Uh, a little bit more. We got a little bit of playing around together first week, but uh, we got this. We got some fun stuff to do with that this year. Uh, we got it. We got it. We got it. We got a lot talking about to or to talk about today. We're going to do our warm ups like we do at the beginning of the show. Got a lot of uh, of of announcements and news some of you may notice the daily dlp that's going down with ash you may have noticed the tic tac a lot talk about lots and more to come very soon that you don't even expect yet good stuff uh so we're gonna talk about the warm-ups we'll talk a little bit about that we got teddy b teddy bridgewater making waves preseason game one review joint practices and camp review riz was there today you can see a little bit of sun on his face a little bit of reflection of the the beauty of the day um we talk about some preseason injuries. Give a little update on that and a whole lot more. We got a great show lined up. Riz, are you ready to go, my man? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. Let's. Right. Quick chat from the chat. Is that sunburn or does this red skin relate to the gout? <laughs> uh, I'm not actually like I, I'm in a very poorly lit um, little corner of my board operating base canton here um I, I actually don't look as red as i appear on camera um, i because i checked because i would have actually put some like i don't know the opposite of blush <laughs> like, <laughs> you take it away pancake <laughs> um, is that it pancake or maybe i don't know it's don't, like I, the big I, poof powder thing i don't know it's an all i will make up the concerts so I, all right, thank you, Wolf Holler nine nine nine, for the subscribe. You can join the cool folks and subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the show on YouTube or wherever you find us. Audio, video. Yes, thank you for that. On, on uh, get us on OnlyFans. We'll tr- keep trying. Uh, you can just get a subscription. We appreciate that. Uh, like, do all those things. We appreciate it when you do that. That really, really helps us out. It's the beginning of the season. I'd like to get our nose out there for folks to find us, and you can help them find us by doing those likes and subscribes and all that stuff. Uh, also, uh, big thank you to our last super duper chatter. Larry Wilson, 
Thank you, sir, for your last super chat. All right, really quick, we want to talk about the logo. We talk about this for a couple of weeks now. I think we should have pretty much everyone covered. End of this month, we're going to change the audio podcast logo. Yeah, everything will be the same on YouTube for those folks, but those who listen to us only in your ears, we only come in your ear holes. We're going to look different. It's just a different That's graphic. Right. It's just going to the circle DLP with the football, the one that everyone knows are just unifying. It's unification, but we don't want to scare people away. Um, also, Daily DLP. If you haven't noticed, one of the most the the angriest Canadian this side of the border, uh, Ash Ash Thompson, Mister Tweetson on uh, the 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 Twitter has been doing daily, and he is going to do daily DLP five days a week, Monday through Friday for the 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 duration of the season for us. Really, really excited about his insights. If you like the numbers, if you like the details, and uh, you, you like somebody to just have a little fun with you. Don't take it personally. He's literally having fun with you. But Ash is absolutely your guy. He's a he's a really, really smart cat. He is the sardonic master of the morning. I love it. Love you, Ash. We have him. We have more coming too. you. You guys, this is a fire hose of content. I don't think your mouth can take it. Hopefully your ear holes can. Uh, <laughs> we've got more coming. We haven't told you uh, everything or or near everything yet. Oh, I, I know. I, I know. And I'm excited. And yeah. Let's just say that the intermingling between where I work for my day job and where I work on my side gig is coming together very nicely. (laughs) It is. Let's just say one of my side gigs. I have several. (laughs) <laughs> of which I'm wearing today. Um, yeah, no, there's a lot more content. We're, we're looking at least um, likely two items a day. We're going to have the weekly show, the post game show. We, we we're talking about a post game show for preseason game three, just as a dry run. And then we're also talking about it for um, the, the Thursday opening game, even though it's late at night, I'm actually going to wind be in a hotel for that one. So uh, we might even just do a, a road show give it a shot. We'll see how it goes. It's, it's, it's no matter what, it'll be fun. So we've got a lot going on there. A lot to think about uh, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, got a lot with that and uh, the dailies and a bunch of stuff coming. So keep your eyes, ear hole, holes peered. We're going to fill them up for you. Also want to talk about uh, the tickety tockety. We've got a new tick tock. We fired it up. We got it going. And again, Ash, you want to say, he, oh yeah, oh yeah! It's D E T Lion Pod. This is news to me. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I I don't do TikTok. It's banned from my kids, I, homes, so I banned it for myself too. I didn't because I didn't have the time to add another social on. I mean, I have enough to try to keep up with everything now and like a real job. And Ash is is part of bringing on so much so much that he's bringing right now uh, to to the channel and all the help that he's providing. It's giving us this option to do it. I'm going to have options to do a lot more content as well. Thanks to Ash. He's kicked off our TikTok. He, you want to see the funny Ash? I'm telling you the other side of him. It's hilarious. His TikTok is a, like a whole nother voice. that you. It's like a different person. It's freaking great. I've, I laugh every single day when he puts those up. So we're on TikTok, DET line pod. Uh, also, last thing we want to talk about. Um, don't forget our fantasy football. Big fundraiser for us a year. Uh, every top four people win prizes out of a 12-person league. It's a good time. Fantasy.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. I've heard there's a couple people that have had issues when it comes time to pay it. And I haven't been able to, two people have contacted me. I haven't been able to get through as to why Apple Pay always works or maybe a different browser. Um, we're still working on that. But for most people, it's working fine because they keep flying in. I'm getting all kinds of them. So if you have a little problem, try a different little a little different way. All right, let's get into it. <clears throat> we will start out with warm ups. 
First, Riz, I, I just got this. This is breaking. Uh, there's thunderstorm warning right now for the area. Uh, local counties, I see down on 4th Street, it's getting wet. Uh, there, I, I've heard some thunder. Um, there, there's there's potential for lightning and wind. I want oh, I want people to to batten down the hatches. Thunder. And don't worry, we will put the podcast in a small window in the corner. We're gonna cut off so you can't see the down, the distance, the time, the quarter, or any stats. Uh, so you'll have that going. Oh, wait, hold on. Up, oh, no, the wind has died down. Okay, we've got another 45 minutes of coverage of no action here. Hold on tight. Uh, we. Oh, oh my gosh, it's it's it may start sprinkling. Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> so I, as you know, I went to college to become a TV weatherman and I have been given an opportunity to play one on the radio and I love it very much. I was in the press box, so we, we weren't watching the feed. So we didn't know in the press box. I mean, we knew that severe weather. I was, I was sitting next to Eric Schlitt and Eric Schlitt's neighbor like texted him is like, are you in your basement? I'm like, oh, oh crap. Okay. It's pretty bad out there. Um, it, every, everything was cool, but we didn't, we didn't get that in the stadium. Um, and, and thankfully, I mean, we, we could at one point hear the rain coming down on, on the top of Ford field. It was, uh, it was quite the storm, but uh, yeah, that was look, one of the F the, to the the key to having an FCC license is that you have to be um, for in times of public safety and need, and that would be one of them. When there's a severe weather warning, thunderstorm warning, or tornado warning, they are required by law to supersede all other programming. That's what they did. Did they go overboard with it? Hell yeah, they do. Weather people love being on camera. That's why I wanted to be one. Yeah, it's so it's true too, Riz. That is you to a T, man. <laughs> it was it was so I was watching. I, I didn't realize I could see it on NFL Plus. Um, I would, but so I was I was I found a uh, I found it on the internet. We'll just say it like that. And I was watching, and I started. <laughs> it was so frustrating because they're like, well, they started and they went into it, and they're like, okay, we have some circulation, and they're like, well, no, it's gone. No, it's over. No, there's really nothing. But down here on Third Street, there's some wind. I mean, it was they started to get into like the street level mapping of like some wind and some, and it's like, and and everything of like note was gone. That's the time when they need to learn to shut up. It, you, I remember, like I know they have to put the, the the public emergency stuff on there. They have to cover it. That's where you put it in the small corner of the window. You let the thing that the show or whatever the live event look. If it's reruns of General Hospital, yeah. You can you can cover it up. It's okay when it's like the first pregame last, of the season alliance of a team that has a real shot this year for a place that starved for it. I'm sorry. Get small in the corner. There's there's 103 other stations that are going to cover it. Just get small in the corner, and you'll actually do better than they will on the ratings. So I get why they did it. I just think they really mishandled it, and I just don't remember historically it being that silly. Just, just, just silly how they overcome. Again, I did, I didn't see it, but I will say I, I do remember. This is going way back. This is when I still lived in Cleveland and before the Browns left there. Uh, I do remember there was a blizzard one game, and the Browns were not playing at home. And I remember not being able to see that game. This is like nineteen ninety eighty nine, maybe maybe ninety one, sometime in that general range. And we didn't see like the second half of the game because it was all like blizzard coverage. I'm like, we live in Cleveland. We know it snows. Hello. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you know, like, it's the, family the family guy. The family guy. It's raining. 
Hey, as I as I say every time I do the weather on the radio, Dr. Clifford at Ohio University, the meteorology professor who has since retired, um, his number one piece of advice, you want to know what the weather is? Open the freaking window. Yeah. Stick your head out. All right. So there you go. Little 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 bit of grumping. End about of weather that. minute. By the way, today, today, perfect weather. 79, not a cloud in the sky, mo- moderate humidity, little light breeze. It was perfect. Tomorrow, practice is supposed to is scheduled to be 1030 to 1230. We're He's supposed to get storms about 1245 to 1. Hopefully it all ends, but we might wind up getting our media sessions pushed. Stop the dream. The, the dream is center. over. You're not the weatherman. We're moving on. Bing bong. Speaking of bing bongs, <laughs> uh, CJ GJ bong. rolling around on his bike today saying bing bong. He almost hit me. <laughs> he literally guy, almost hit me on the bike. My guy is, look, at this point. He doesn't even have to play. He's all personality, but no, he he's obviously he's got great. the he's got the dog in him. But the personality that he brings, I I it is so big. Dare I say, and and people, no, I haven't. You know, no one's really talked about this. Dare I say, no one's gonna miss Jamal Williams with this personality around of CJGJ. Nobody's like said, oh boy, where's that? He he is there and he has taken that. He has taken the mantle and run with it, man. This guy is big. He is certainly life. the most he's certainly the most dominant personality. He's different than Jamal. Jamal was Jamal was there, like he didn't care if anybody was watching him. He was just gonna keep dancing. Like that's yeah. that's just who he is. Yep. I think CJ GJ is somebody who is aware of the crowd that he's in and with. And I think that's it's less innocent. Um, mm. More, more calculated. That doesn't mean that it's disingenuous or dishonest or, or not who he is. But I think he does understand when to play that up and turn turn up the volume on that a little bit. And he, he certainly did that today. Um, it was really cool actually because uh, he was he was giving his press conference uh, and he was giving a little bit of, a little bit of love to Trevor Lawrence and a little bit of love to, to actually a lot of love to Calvin Ridley who had, and those two had a great battle today. And he, and he mentions Ridley's name and Ridley just happens to be walking by. So because the, the Jaguar team buses were like off to our right. Um, if you're watching the interview on the, the Lions YouTube channel, their buses are maybe 25 yards to the right there. And yeah. Ridley's walking by and they wound up giving like pleasantries to one another. It was pretty sweet. Um, yeah. You know, it was it was the and as, as I wrote you know earlier today, you know, it's game respects game with them. And like yeah. they battled their asses off. They were in each other's faces a lot. Ridley coming in, he's like, that's a good player right there. He talks too much though. And like we all just cracked up. It was <laughs> it was perfect timing. But they they want to give each other a lot of love and respect. And there there was a lot of that between the teams today. Like they fought hard, but then they had some fun. And then so when he's done, so if you've been to training camp, the Lions have a security guard who rides around on the bike, that particular bike. I don't know his name, but Jamal Agnew, former Lion current Jaguar went over and was talking up with that guy um, and talking with a lot of the security. Like he's, he's still very tight with a lot of the staffers, like, like not like the off field people that you would never see or think about being with the lions. And he's giving them love. And CJ just takes the bike and starts riding. <laughs> he almost rode, rode, he almost rode into me. He almost rode into Will Burstfield. <laughs> like what, what the hell was that? <laughs> rode out, out of the field and was just yelling, walking around yelling "bing bong" or "ping pong" or something. Bing bong. I don't, I don't Bing know bong. It was, but it was uh, it was it was funny and it was very well received by his teammates. 
by the media and by the uh, the the passersby, um, the friends and family and everything were just like, "Wow, what a guy!" <laughs> like, yeah, it was yeah. it was really cool. He he's so the last time that he talked to the media, he was in a bad mood, and he let us know that today he was in a great mood, and he let us know that. And it was I really don't know, Riz. He, he tried to run you over. <laughs> I, I think that was more of his own uh, relative sh- unsteadiness on the bike. Oh, I, I shouldn't say much because I, I don't ride a bike very well at all. Either, there so. you go. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into the uh, the big stuff. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater already making waves. Uh, this is this is I <laughs> loved the signing. I loved it. We talked about it at the oh, yeah. the podcast party, <clears throat> and I said that Teddy was gonna was gonna bring a lot if we were able to bring him in. He was, and you know, there's a talk. Well, he didn't win Miami. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Goff wasn't winning in, in L.A. when he got here either. But Teddy Bridgewater brings a lot and he brings a great presence. But there's a, the, the the thing. And, and it's funny because it was almost a throwaway comment at the end of the interview where he talks about wanting to mentor and really drive and help JMO. And people have really spun up on that on, on kind of two sides of it. JMO, he is really he is one heck of a of a uh, a polarizing figure. Um, <clears throat> he's you got people who will defend him no matter what, and you got people that are that'll that are frustrated with him no matter what. Already calling him, you know, but it's probably the same people that called Hutchinson Bustinson last year potentially. But we'll see. There's some people that are out early, like earlier than others. But uh, uh, Teddy coming in saying he wanted to work with him. That is exactly the kind of presence you want from a veteran backup quarterback it doesn't have anything to do with jmo i don't care who your rookie is your rookie wide receiver which is what jmo effectively is because he didn't play for a year really he needs some mentorship and he's got a guy in teddy bridgewater who can help him out a great deal can teach him a lot about it being being a football player being a member of the nfl uh how to, how to be in the game yep being a pro and um <clears throat> teddy brings that for JMO and he's he he accepted that role and owned that role and he said he was there to make Jared Goff better as well. Exactly what you want. And I'm telling you, Teddy was a hell of addition. Love everything I've seen. And I really don't even I, I didn't even think twice about what he said uh about you know specifically about JMO. I just think that's him being a being a, a great teammate. He he's not there just for JMO. And I think a lot of people misconstrued that comment or drove it into something that it wasn't. You're, you're right, Chris. I saw him working with Sam Laporta today. I saw him working with Dylan Drummond today. Mm-hmm. So I'm working with David Montgomery today um, on the side on a thing of like they were talking because and it wasn't even a rep that Montgomery was in, but it was a play where Teddy threw a ball. And I don't think Montgomery expected the ball to go where it went in relation to the receiver. And, and they wanted to click like little things like that, man, that just, and, and this is nothing against Nate Sudfeld or David Blau or Tim Boyle or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. any other cavalcade of crap we've had at, at backup quarterback for the last you know 15 years. Like it's just that attention to detail and that professionalism. It, it really, it, it, it's stark. It, it really stands out even just, Today was for I, I was not at practice Monday. I made it over today, um, and like just seeing Teddy operate, like it's one, one of the things that was telling to me after the game Friday night. We're gonna talk a little bit more about the game in a minute here. Mm-hmm. We're in the locker room, and Teddy's down there, and Teddy isn't just like being a wallflower. Like he's standing on on a on one of the the benches, 
wearing a like a very obnoxiously bright graphic white t-shirt with I, I don't even know what was on. It was like it looked like butterflies having sex or something like that. It was weird. But he's you like making so comments to people. Like I don't know. I, I mean, I you see me dress like I, I, sh- I sh- yeah, like exactly. I sh- Maybe you should get the uh, butterfly yeah. shirt, my man. <laughs> Maybe I should. Maybe I should. Um, but anyways, like he, like Maurice Alexander is giving a press conference, and Teddy's like, like heckling a little bit under his breath and like having fun, and like he already knew everybody. Like it was weird. Like this guy, he's he'd been in practice for two days. He hadn't been in a practice yet. He had signed one day earlier. Yep. Was just on the field and the sidelines for that night. And he's like one of the guys, like the leader of the guys already. Like that, that's that you can't fake that. You can't force that. Like that's that's very organic leadership on his part. I think that's something. I mean, based on today, um, he probably offers a lot more in that than he does in the field because today, quite frankly, Nate Sudfeld was better than him throwing the football. But again, it's it's early in the practice, and, and, and quite frankly, Nate, if either of them are playing, it's not going to go well for Detroit. Like it's it's just not the thing about and and Livintai Dore. Sorry if I got that um, mispronounced. The best part about Teddy is that we win regardless of whether or not he takes a snap, and that's that's yes. that's it. That is absolutely it. Um, love it. Just absolutely love it. Um, yeah. Butterflies having sex running. <laughs> oh, my God. Hodges, you're, 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 you're on the numbers here. Um, butterflies have sex? I don't even know. I don't think I'd, they do. I'd love to be a fly on the wall when Riz takes the Rorschach test. <laughs> Y'all don't want to be in my head, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I did my undergrad in psych, and Riz is a is a very special specimen. I'll tell you that. So Teddy, <laughs> Thank Teddy you. yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater making waves, looking good. Love that we signed him at two and a half million dollars guaranteed, five at the tops with all with all everything made worth worth, worth every, every penny. damn penny. Yep, every absolutely, penny. absolutely. Teddy Bridgewater, we'd like to say to you, welcome to Detroit. That's right. All right, moving on. Preseason game one recap and takeaways. I think the most important part about that game, Riz, is the absolute irresponsible stupidity that I had in town putting money down <laughs> on a preseason game. You don't even know who's really playing, even. But I won, baby. I won. I took it. I bet the money line straight, and I won. I won my won my money. And I, it, I mean, I didn't bet a lot. I mean, but I won fifty bucks, so I'll take it. So. <laughs> I'll just say that the under uh, over under on the game was 37 and a half and it went to 37. Yeah. It was sweating a little bit. Lions straight up on the money <laughs> line. That was me, buddy. I got that. Uh, and, and I was sweating the first half. I was sweating. I was like, what the hell was I doing? Like it's, it, that's the moment when I realized this was like one of the most irresponsible. It wasn't like I had the house in line or anything, right? It wasn't like financially irresponsible, but this Don't is one of the most more irres- than you can afford to lose folks. Don't <laughs> the, bet more than you can afford to lose. This is one of the most irresponsible bets. Like it was an absolute throwaway. And normally like, I'll, I'll like throw away two bucks or three bucks or something on it. And I don't care. Right. I just, I don't even follow up if I want or not, unless I'm, you know, whatever. And this was a throwaway. And, and I'm like, Oh man, what was I thinking? Because I put it, I put more money on it than I should have, but I won. It was fun. So uh, thanks, DraftKings. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was that was good. It was nice to come away with the win. Uh, Lions undefeated, ladies and gentlemen. Now, so far, <laughs> Chris sweating on a preseason game. You must be a big fan of Martinez. Uh, I'm not at all. Um, 
This game is obviously step one on the march to the Super Bowl. This is the first okay, brick in that wall. Jesus, because you ain't gonna be here long. <laughs> <laughs> this is the indicator. This meant everything about the Lions and what they're going to do this year. There's, there's, there, this proves they're just going to walk across the NFL. They're going to win every single game and uh, all the way to the Lombardi Trophy. Riz, talk about the weight of this preseason game and what it means to Lions and Lions fans everywhere. Uh, I think it, in all seriousness, I think it showed that our depth is better than the Giants' depth. And no, the Giants fair. did that's play. The Giants did play more starters longer than the Lions did on both sides of the ball. If you had and a coach third, of the year against coach of the year candidate, I would say our coach would win coach of the year. Just I based would on say our. Yeah, I, I thought the defense looked good. Um, even even when they you know got beat a couple of times, like I thought the, I thought the defense played well. I thought you saw some creativity from Aaron Glenn. Things that yeah. we've seen in camp, yep. seeing him experimenting, trying things, and that's the time to do it. And you know, I thought we saw, we saw a lot of good. Um, obviously, some some not so good. Nate Sudfeld, James Williams, um, the offensive line, Matt Nelson. Oh my God, Matt Nelson. Oh man. Make it stop. I actually said that to another media member today. I'm like, Matt Nelson, make it stop. Because he played right tackle today and was bad. Um, they moved him from left tackle. Jermaine Defetti took over at left tackle today. He was. Well, you know what? I'll give, I'll give Jermaine some credit. Jermaine wasn't bad against the Giants, and he wasn't bad today against Jacksonville either. Let me um, ask. Second team offensive line. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Um. So Sudfeld, this is interesting because yeah. I, I felt I just it felt really ugly, right? For the entirety of the time that he was on the field, he hit some some good ones along the way, but he did. Oh, man, he this the bad are incons- really bad though. It's the in- inconsistency, like the trust. How do you trust him, right? And I yeah. have a feeling like yes. we've talked about this just after one game and what we've seen so far. You have to say we've got five quarterbacks in the roster right now, right? Who are, now, the, who are the three we carry, right? Who are the three? And you got to say, probably Jared Goff will make it. I would think so, yes. <laughs> you got to say, probably Teddy Bridgewater will make it. And I now so, yes. you got to say Hendon Hooker will make it. Because you can't stash him. You can't. Well, but you unless can keep him injured. on the NFI list. If you NFI him, that's it. But <sighs> if you keep him on the NFI list, he's got to be out for six weeks. Or, four, I'm sorry, four weeks. Yeah. So it's not like tragic. It's not like the season ending. And so Nate, right now, I feel like Nate's right, a ca- Nate. Nate will get held on to, but he's he's the uh, the inevitable yes. casualty, right? Right now, my guess would be that Sudfield does in fact stay on the opening fifty three until Hooker gets activated, and then he goes bye bye. Yeah. Um, Adrian Martinez is not an NFL quarterback, not in any semblance of an NFL quarterback. You know, Sudfield to me. And I went through this with Kevin Hogan in Cleveland, a guy who was generally okay, acceptable, did some things, but when he didn't, it was really, really bad. And that's what Nate Sudfeld reminds me of. Because today in practice, he was he was really good for like eighty five to ninety percent of the plays today. Like he he looked good. Like he's okay. Yeah, yeah, more of that. But then the bad was like, dude. Yeah. How do you miss that? 
Like, how do you, how do you not make that throw? Yep. Um, why do you, why do you do that? Why do you make that? Cho- like there, and and like you said, Chris, he's he's unreliable. It's untrustworthy, yep. and you cannot live with that in your backup quarterback. What do you want from your backup quarterback? You want a guy that you can come in and you know exactly what you're going to get from him because you have to change your offense to, to, so he can run it. Exactly. You know, exactly. He can't do what Jared Goff does. Teddy Bridgewater can't do what Jared Goff does. He can't. He just can't. Um, and that's not anything bad about Teddy either. He's just it's different. Yep. And <laughs> you you need somebody that can come in, especially with this offense, and just keep the trains running on time. And it's great when they're running and they're running, but every now and then when you're running to the tunnel wall, you can't, can't have that, man. You just can't. Yep. Um, David Barnett, the game of rookies and backups. Was I wrong by thinking our O-line depth looked bad? No. No, David, you were not mm. wrong at all. We have been – Riz, Riz has been screaming it. Um, I've been talking about it. Um, it, it. It is bad. And that is the weak spot of this team this year that O-line depth we saw in this preseason game, as Riz alluded to earlier, the depth, the, 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 the second and thirds that we have are actually probably they're better than the giants. They're probably maybe even better quality than we, we thought. And they're definitely better than we've had in a recent memory for a long time. That's, that's really, really good. Except at O-line, that is an absolute unmitigated disaster waiting to happen. I am, I'm a little, I guess yeah. terrified and, is the word. By the way, that that's not just a Detroit issue. If you watch any of the rest of the preseason, every team is really struggling with offensive line depth right now. Yep. If you watch the USFL or the XFL, you will note that just about every team, their weak link was the offensive line. Yep. And I, I know people are out there. Oh, you got to go. Like, there's nobody to get, folks. There's nobody out there. I saw Greg Little got cut uh, yesterday, second round pick out of Ole Miss. He's atrocious. Like, he doesn't belong on an XFL field. And people are like, you got to go get him. Like, no, like, he's not better than what you got. Like, it, There's just no help available. You just got to pray that the injuries don't hit hard and that Hank Fraley can cobble together enough aspirin and spit to, to get anybody that does get hurt back on the field or get their backup through it. We I'm talked about this with uh, with Blandino when we took him on the apology tour through Detroit a couple years ago. The way the game yeah. is going is the the rules just favor the defensive and the athleticism favors the defensive mm-hmm. linemen so much that your 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 uh, pool, if you will, of top quality yeah. effective NFL O linemen has shrunk to where there's not enough for 32 teams, much less for backups. It is absolutely nerve-wracking to potentially lose one of your linemen in the NFL. I want to ask really quick, Riz, just what you're saying. Um, Colby Sorsdahl, I'm really interested Mm -hmm. in how he's growing and how he's developing because I think the plan is that he's going to be one of those guys that that, that kind of builds up. What are you seeing out of him? How have you seen him develop so far this year? He is primarily the second-team left guard. He's come in. He comes in when Jonah goes out uh, and has – he's. You can tell that he's a rookie, and you can tell that he played tackle before uh, because one of the things that happens when you're a tackle is that your first inclination is to rise up and, and get back on your heels just a little bit. And when you're a guard, you don't really do that. You just sort of anchor. And he's still struggling with that footwork transition of moving from the outside to the inside, being a little bit more. you got to be more aggressive with your hands when, you, when you're inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he, he's learning that. He's certainly worth developing, like no question about it. Yep. But he's probably not a guy that you want to see on the field in 2023. 
if I'm being honest. I would rather have Awasika right now. Uh, and by the way, he played pretty well today. He also looked pretty good last week in the joint practices. He is your... So Graham Glasgow, Halapua, Vadi Vaitai are... They, they exchanged reps with the first team and second team today. Um, and they split mm-hmm. them fairly evenly from what I saw. My my take is is that Big V will win that job because he can only play guard. And the way that Frank Ragnow is with his toe, like you never know, you've got to have a backup center, and Graham Glasgow can play backup center. Now, he was rotten at center in Denver. you got to throw that in. But he looks a lot better now than he did in Denver the last year and a half after post-injury uh, that happened to him. So I, yeah, and I think I'd that's what's going to happen. And I'd then Sorsal and Hosea are battling for that next spot. I'd say he's got better talent around him if he's playing center as well, which will help. And yes. that's one of the things yeah. that is a somewhat undersold. The individual capabilities are lifted or diminished by the people they're surrounded with. It's truly a gr- the one set of positions that operates as a unit that really does depend on each other to to play well. So um, I think, you know, it's one of those rising tides lift all ships and and. Sinking tides sink all shit. I don't know. I, I, I made up the last part, but that's basically how how it fits together. Um, and so I think that can really help. I can help because the, the difference in the O line, if if you know, if if Ragnar was go down, and you put Graham Glasgow in there as center, the difference in the to the people that Graham is playing with, if the rest of the starters are there, is definitely elevated a significant amount above the line that was in Denver. So I think that will help him a lot. Yeah, I would agree. And also, there there's the it's been posited that Big V can go back to be playing right tackle if somehow Panay gets hurt. Y'all remember before life before Panay? Y'all wanted to kill Vibe. Like you didn't want him just off the team. You wanted him dead, hard feathered, and punished oh, for his crimes against football humanity when he played right tackle for the Lions. So don't don't go down that road, folks. <laughs> He's not better at it now. <laughs> like, Jermaine Effetti will be your backup swing tackle. That's my prediction right now, and I'm growing to be better okay with that. Bobby Hart, you can't you can't say Bobby Hart false start. Um, we have to say that twice today. Name so nice, you got to say it twice. Uh, I don't think he's long for Detroit. Could be wrong. Yeah. He's playing left guard and right guard and not doing particularly well at either of them. Yeah, he hasn't played. He has not played tackle yet that I've seen. Um, I've been there for three of his four practices, and he has not taken a single tackle rep in any of the practices or the preseason game that I've been in. So, one more quick, uh, really, he's not an option there. One um, more really quick piece I want to return him to on the offense. As he's improved, he's good. Is, is Nate Sudfeld. I, one of the commenters, and I'm sorry you, you went by and I didn't catch your name. I don't remember it, um, but I, I do remember your comment saying that Nate had a couple, you know, there was a couple that were dropped. Is he getting a little bit of a bad rap? And I, I, I go, I said, go back to the shorts when he was signed. Riz did one. He was, he was probably an unhealthy amount of angry when we signed Sudfeld this year. Like the yeah, question, was, was he asked, "What the hell are we doing at quarterback? Is there even a plan?" I think it's or something to that effect. That's, that sounds like me. Nate Sudfeld. If you've watched him in practice or in camp so far this year, um, yes, he a couple people did drop some balls, right? But we're playing with. B level and C level talent, right? Is on, on as receivers. So let's well, remember what we're dealing with. Hold on. And when you go watch him in camp and you see what's happening, the exact same issue with inconsistency has plagued him. And, and, and it's been funny because there's been times 
where he's had a whole day where he's good and a whole day where he's Absolutely. bad back to back. But generally what, what, at least from what I saw when I was there watching camp, he's up and down in the same day. You just don't know what you're getting from throw to throw to throw. And, and in the NFL as an offensive coordinator, as a wide receiver, as anybody that's that's relying on you as a quarterback, you have to be either consistently bad. Like if you're consistently behind the players, the players can adjust. People can 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 know what's coming. They have no idea that you pick one pellet out of a shotgun blast, and that's what his throw is. It could it's this huge possibility, <laughs> this the- this huge cone of uncertainty of where the ball's going to be when 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 Nate Sudfeld throws it. I, I wish it wasn't that way. I, Nate's a nice guy, a really good guy, and all that. I it's, just it's, it's just he doesn't. Team have that top 32 and top 64 kind of quarterback level talent for the NFL. It's so it's, 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 it stinks. It stinks. Cause he's a nice he's, enough guy. He's on that fringe of being like a low end number two, high end number three. And look, if you're getting your third quarterback in a season, your season's not going well, yeah, yeah. unless you're San Francisco, which by the way, cut him last year to keep Brock Purdy smart move on their part. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I, it's hard because you, you're right, Chris, he does like, he does make some good throws mm-hmm. and he is a good teammate and Jared Goff clearly likes and respects him. And that does mean something. Yeah, like, if you're, if your starter and your backup quarterback don't get along, it's generally not good. Ask the Buccaneers about that. <laughs> Ask the Rams about that. Before Stafford got there, like yeah. um, Goff dealt with that. There, that's one of the reasons why they got rid of him. Uh, and that's again not not a Jared problem. That's more of a Ram <laughs> culture problem. It's uh, it's frustrating because uh, so he does to the drops point. Jamo dropped a ball. I want to say that Cabinda dro- Cabinda's drop, which was awful, was from Sudfeld. It might have been from Martinez, but I think it was Sudfeld. Uh, somebody else, um, was it Laporta that dropped the ball? He may he have. dropped one today. I know. Um, I, got, I got a line for you. The JMO, he one hands the catch yeah. in the, in the, in the end zone. So the, so it's, it's so bad with JMO that he catches something in the end zone. He only gets two points for it when everyone else gets six. Isn't that crappy? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if he'd use two hands, he that was the points. loud that when he, when he caught that ball was the loudest I've heard Ford field in a very long time. Now, I don't typically go to regular season games. It's easier for me to cover them from home. But, man, that was, that, the cacophony, it was like Kid Rock just went out on stage at Woodstock 99 with Bawak the and the, the fire yeah, going. Yeah. My name is Mike. It, it blew up Ford Field. It, it, was, it was electrifying. It was, it was great. We'll talk um, about the that, al- alternate broadcast. <laughs> um, but... I, I I just the, the the so let's let's talk about the loudness of Ford Field before we get to the 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 uh, yeah. the defense because this is a really really good part. Um, in the uh, what was her name in in the in the I can't remember half the people that were in the in the ultra broadcast. She was she's great. She's a reporter from NFL Network. Um, was it uh, Jamie Erdahl? No, no. Okay. Uh, there. I'll look at, I want to say doll <laughs> for some reason. I've got doll in my head, but that's not it. It's like DHL either. Anyway. And, and I apologize. Please. Somebody hit it in the, in the chat and help me out. Uh, she was talking about it. Um, and she said, look, she's been there and she puts on headphones 
like noise cancelers or earbuds or or even uh, earplugs because it's so loud. There's no there's no covering on the press box, so you get all the noise out of Ford Field. And uh, sure. she they they were saying absolutely how Stacy Dales. Thank you, Brandon. Um, they were saying oh, how yeah. loud was it was at Ford She's Field cool. for this game and and for for a for a preseason game. Right? They're like this could be. And she said, I'm sorry. Uh, Kansas City. I'm sorry, Seattle. This could wind up being the loudest stadium in the NFL this year with this team if they really tear it up like they're supposed to and like people think they will. Um, absolutely. I mean, and, and I've been there. I, we had season tickets way back in the Joey Harrington years. And I mean, think about that, folks. Think about that. Uh, yes, yeah, Stacey Deals. Thank you, everybody, for putting that in there. Um, it, it was. She's good, by the way. She's she's great. She's, she's really she's, she's good. very good at her job. Yeah, um, it was so loud back then. I mean, incredible. And this is Joey Harrington years, right? I mean, but there was still a little bit of soul around the Lions before it 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 it, it, it uh, oh and sixteenth. Um, it was crazy loud. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like this year there at Ford Field. And I and I just folks, if you're going to these games, even if they're preseason games, just let it loose. Start start it now. Get it going and uh, get people just get the expectation for people that when they go see a game, it's going to be loud and they're going to be loud for the Lions because you can turn this home field and advantage advantage into something really, really special uh, for this team. Uh, they, they said um, uh, uh, Dan Campbell was surprised that the the Giants had to go to silent count in the, in the preseason. He was like, I had never seen that before. Do it, folks. Bring it. Bring everything that you got to these games because it means a lot. It means a lot. It was it was very raucous. Uh, when when uh, Maurice Alexander took the punt back, there was a there was a defensive play where somebody physically separated somebody from the football and it's blurring. Um, I'm still I'm still like visualizing today's practice in my head, so I don't remember when it was, but that, that there was a loud hit that got the crowd like really loud. Like it was it was pretty sweet, and it was. Uh, it was it was nice to be in a loud Ford Field again. It's been a little while for me, so that was that was cool. I, I hadn't been in Ford Field since before the pandemic, so uh, oh, that was wow. it was cool to be back, cool to be up in the press box, cool to go into the locker room again, talk to some guys after the game, um, and it's it, I could I could get used to doing that again. <laughs> Probably will be there Saturday, and I will be at the Seahawks game, uh, the home opener. So it'll be fun. Let me let me um, hand this one to you. I want you to make this call. And just before we go to the defense, Uh-oh. talk about special teams. Give a little little yeah. juice to 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 the man who who won the game for those Detroit Lions out there. Let's uh, let's give him some love because he deserves it. John Parker Romo, or was it Raleigh Patterson? No, that's not what the return. The double spin oh, move. Oh, um, <laughs> yes, Maurice Alexander. Got him. I'm sorry. Technically, Adrian Martinez won the game. But yes, (laughs) Maurice Alexander's punt return was the catalyst for the Lions win. They do not win that game without that happening. Um, They were were fairly content to just let things play out, and then that happened. And then they really got fired up and and brought it, and the Giants couldn't handle their good time, and I thought that was awesome. That punt return was – so I I know the Giants punter well, um, Jamie Gillen. Scottish Hammer, Cleveland. I actually wear his shirt from time to time. Um, if you're a friend of mine on Facebook, I'm wearing his shirt that he signed for me in my Facebook. Like he's a great guy. 
Um, did some stuff with with my hometown, Vermilion, Ohio, um, and one of the shirt shops there. He's a very inconsistent punter. That one he happened to punt, I want to say it was a 72-yard punt. Probably only needed to go about 55, Hammer, because he <laughs> kicked your coverage and he all paid for it. And that happened to him in Cleveland. That's why he's in New York now, because there were times where he was like, you don't need to kick every ball max distance, dude. And, uh, you know, he unfortunately, has, it, I'm going to give a lot of credit to two guys. Daniel Helm threw a kick-ass block in the middle of the field. And then Alexander got the outside of that. He did his little circle spin move. And then, um, oh, what's his name? 24. He's not on the team anymore. Uh, the, the cornerback that they cut made a sick block just ahead of that to set up the next one. Uh, and that was it, like they, they did the, the special teams units as a whole did a very nice job. I thought they were better than the Giants special teams throughout the week of practices, and they showed it again in the game. And that was cool. Uh, Tay Hayes, that's who it was. It came to me. Yep, yep, yep. They played well. I, I, was, I was somewhat surprised that they let him go because he has some moments in practices, and he played well in the game. Uh, but uh, for whatever reason, he's he's longer there. So now they have a new number 24, uh, Colby Montgomery, who was guilty of a pass interference today and also just got scorched on one route, too. Yeah. So not sure that they got better there, but they, no, not everything is always what it seems. And I don't know the story behind it, but try to find out. Uh, Don Burr coming in with imagine when we win week one versus KC and then Seattle has to come into town. <sighs> That's going to be crazy. That, that, that will be absolutely crazy. Uh, Ward Gushy, fun. why don't punters punt for the corners anymore? It's because they ain't no bitch. <laughs> uh, he actually, so, <laughs> Gillen actually did put that in the corner. He just put it way too far. <laughs> Jack Fox is an exceptional coffin corner punter. He did miss one in the game, but by and large, he's he's really good at that. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Um, we've talked about Khalif last week. We're going to just keep our love going for him. Uh, let's get to the defense. I want to just start just kind of early in the game. We're going to talk about Khalif later but for what he did today. Brian Branch. Brian Branch. Uh, my love affair is starting to grow. He's so good. The dreams, the love, the unrequited love. Brian Branch out there, man, is absolutely just, he put on a pop that rattled the rafters in Ford Field. Yes. And and some say yes, they can still hear it today. Hit. They can still hear it in the rafters today. Uh, Brian Branch, wow. What a, pop what Cole an Beasley's ass, man. There's a lot of people that wanted to pop Cole Beasley's ass and he did it. Cole Beasley still thinks he's retired as a result of that hit. He has no idea where he's at. Uh, that was crazy. That was, that was, I love it. Love to see it. It was, that was all the juice that you expect from branch. He's going to be, he's, he is a riser man. And uh, he's making me rise. I love seeing him out there. <laughs> he is so smooth. Uh, it's very rare. You see him take a false step. Um, use more energy than is needed. Um, doesn't step in the bucket when he has to go forward. That's a big thing for safeties. Um, if you want to know why Kirby Joseph is has gotten better is that they've coached that out of him. If Brian Duker, the, the DB's coach, a lot of when when Kirby Joseph was at Illinois, he was a bucket stepper, serial bucket stepper. 
They've coached that out of him. That's the sort of player development that's going on in Detroit that you don't see in a lot of other teams. Kirby's going to be a star in part because of that, because he doesn't have to, to take that extra little half-step count to get to break on the ball. And like it's the, it's the little things like that that I, I love to notice about this team. Their, their attention to coaching detail and teaching is so exceptional. And you're seeing it with Branch already. Like, Branch was really, really good at Alabama. Like, there's no doubt about that. And very well coached at Alabama. Nick Saban, for all of his foibles, is an exceptional defensive backs coach. Mm-hmm. Probably the best that ever lived. Uh, he Because mm-hmm. that, that's his baby. And you do not see guys come out of Alabama in the secondary very often that aren't really well coached, that haven't maximized what they can do. Branch, Branch is really good, man. It, it, it's the concept of him like being sort of the, the utility back in the way that they have used Will Harris. Like, no, I've come a long way with Will Harris. I, I, I'd like to think anyways. I, I, I've tried to give him as much credit as I humanly can after dogging him incessantly early on. There is a steep level between where Will Harris can play and what Brian Branch can do already. But, and the thing uh, about, that, you know, Alabama, they talk about very it exciting. being a pro program. And it's like, yeah, you don't want it. You don't want an Alabama running back. You got Gibbs. Uh, no. he, he was a Georgia well, Tech product because because why? Because they get one hundred fifty seven thousand touches. Run, they right? run. Yeah, they well. kill him. Yeah. But man, you, that secondary. I mean, I was looking at battle at safety. I really liked him a little bit later. Branch is just mm-hmm. such a stud. That was a good player. Question question from Loretto. Uh, are the Lions going to play Branch in the dime against Mahomes? I think they are. I, I think I see. I think we see Branch on the field because I think what the Lions are going to do are going to switch things up a little bit in the defense. Because one of the things they got burnt with last year is they would they wouldn't change and and they would get caught doing the same thing. And I think they're going to evolve the defense over the game and play differently. And a, a little bit like you see Ben Johnson doing, they're going to show tendencies and then they're going to flip the script on those tendencies. And, and then there's going to be confusion. I think against that team specifically, you're going to see a lot of five, one, five defense, yeah. which is crazy because the linebackers are like the most improved unit on the team. Um, no, no question about that. Like none. They are, they are clearly the most improved and that includes the secondary, and the secondary is getting a lot better too. The uh, I think you're going to see it's probably going to be Anzalone just because I don't think that they want to have both Campbell and Branch out there in such high pressure positions in their first game. Yep. But you're going to see Branch playing a lot of that. He might be a safety. He might be a slot. He might be your linebacker um, in. If you're a Michigan fan, you'll remember Jabril Peppers being that guy. Yeah. You're going to see the Lions use him that way. Uh, And he has been used that way. He was used that way in practice today, in fact, as sort of your hybrid, like, slot, nickel, corner, safety, outside linebacker. A defensive Uh, weapon. Yes. Um, In Alabama, they call it the star. From going, they call it the star. He's very you, good at it. You come out of Alabama, you're a weapon on the Detroit Lions. Whether your name is Gibbs or Branch, offense, defense, either way, you're just a friggin' weapon. Don't worry about the position name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna you're gonna see some definitely some more creative looks from Aaron Glenn. He trusts his personnel more, but yeah, I think you're gonna see a little bit more of that. Um, 
that that sort of creative flair and branch being versatile, CJ, GJ being versatile. Yep. Tracy Walker is versatile enough. Remember, remember he was drafted as an outside cornerback coming out of ooh la la. Um, and, uh, he's, he's since become a safety, um, mm-hmm. did okay today. Not, not his best day, not his best camp. You can, you can tell he missed some football last year. Um, he's working, working that back out. Doesn't mean that he's bad. Doesn't mean he needs to lose his job. Just means that he's, he needs more reps of football yep. coming yep. back at it. But yeah, yep. they, with that and Kirby, um, Kirby's only a free safety. I, and I, I say that like like it's bad because he's really good at it. He, he's he put Rogers to bed. He's never going to be a guy that you want making one on one tackles because that's he's gotten better at it, but he had to get better at it. Yep. But like the rest of the secondary, you know, they're they're Sutton can play inside. He can play outside. Jerry can play inside. He can play outside. Yeah. Um, he's much better outside, obviously. But the, there's there's a lot of moving pieces and parts and mixing and matching that they can do based on the offensive personnel that's on the field, where they're not just going to be stuck with their base guys on the field because they don't trust who's behind them. Yep. Um, and that's, that's going to help the defense look a lot better. Um, it, it, it's not, it doesn't mean that they're going to be, you know, awesome at it. But I think you're going to see a lot more competence and a lot fewer breakdowns because of that, because they're not going to be asking, what was his name? The slot from Kansas State who made it as an undrafted rookie the same year Jerry did, um, Parker. Mm-hmm. Parker, he couldn't cover fast guys in the slot. That's kind of a bad thing. Yeah. But they didn't yeah. have anybody else who could do it, so he had to just be out there and take it. Now they have, like, if they're putting – if they're putting, I'm blanking on names. Kansas City has a guy who played at Western Michigan um, a couple seasons ago. Rookie last year in the slot, he can fly. Yep. You can mix and match with him because then they're going to put Kelsey out there sometimes. Yeah. And like you can move things around. Like the Lions are much better equipped to handle situations like that. Doesn't mean that they're going to slow them down because the Chiefs are damn good offense. But against teams that don't have the breadth of weapons at the disposal that Mahomes does, that, and, and by the way, I think the first, the, I think the first two games this year, are the two best offenses they're going to see all season. Yeah. And that's – it worries me that the fan reaction is going to be, oh, my God, we gave up 60 points in those two games. And we might but not we give up 80. 60 in the next four after that. Yeah. Combined. Well, here, Adam, Ash made a great point, and Adam LeVere brings it up. Uh, and it's daily DLP. Don't miss the daily DLP. Daily podcast with great information from Ash. You're going to love it. Um, just like he was saying, if we can stop the run in the nickel package, we're going to be deadly. And that really is the key. That means if this team can stop the run, because we're going to run nickel and dime like crazy, right? Depending who we're playing. If we can stop the run in the nickel, if we can, <laughs> no, this is an extreme, but if if Carolina never happens again, <laughs> right, we have a team that can go really, really deep into the playoffs. And that's what we're looking for because this team is going to be relying on that nickel defense, the dime defense, big time uh, for what we do. So keep your eyes open. This is, this is, and I wouldn't, like you were saying, Riz, don't get too freaked out about the defense in the first two weeks. Just, just, just don't. It's okay. It's okay. Breathe. Seattle's really good, y'all. We saw it last year. Kansas City, they won the Super Bowl. They're, 
I'm not sure that they lost anything on their offense. Um, they're they're good, man. Like, yeah. But then then you're getting into a schedule where they're playing teams that they match up much better against. And by the way, it's not just a Lions issue. Nobody matches up with Kansas City or Seattle very well. That's why those teams are good. Keep that in mind. Yep. There are teams that will not match up with Detroit very well. You know why? Because Detroit's really good. Yeah. Yeah, um, we're hitting that status. Steve Reiner, imagine a Jets Lions Super Bowl where Kirby picks off Rodgers three times. Look, man, are you trying to make it last longer <laughs> than amazing. four hours? Is that what you're doing here? Because I don't want to have to see a doctor tonight. I got to work tomorrow. Um, yeah, no, that was it. Was it was it was uh, that would be incredible. I'm so burned on hard knocks already, though, with the Rodgers show. It's like, like I could get over it, right? I could get over yeah. seeing Rodgers, but it is solely focused on him it is like it's like okay now it's too much guys like you you've got nothing else but this story stop yeah. stop stop there's a lot of good like the jets are an interesting team i i yeah. think they're gonna be good i do like independent of aaron Rodgers, i think that's a good football team they're an up-and-coming team i think they're like where detroit was going into last year interesting enough being on hard knocks yeah like that, they they got a shot. Their division's brutal. That that AFC East man, like I think all four of those teams are nine and eight, ten and seven type teams. Even yeah. New England, I think New England's they're they're going to be better now that Patricia's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they can't help it, would be better. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's see. We've got um, anything else in the defense we want to talk? The Aquara brothers. We have to talk about Aquara. We do need to talk about the Aquaras because they were phenomenal at the end of the game. But there's the rub. They played the entire second half. They're in the game at the end of the game against guys that are not going to be on practice squads in three weeks. And, yes, they did great against them. Damn straight, they're better. Um, the, 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 and, that's, and that's the issue when we're doing, talking about the roster bubble. And it's, it's more with Julian than Romeo. I think Romeo does enough things well that he's probably going to be safe. Julian has to get those sacks against the Giants because he is right now, that's why he's playing at the end of the game, literally dead last on the death chart as your pass rushing edge. And he's, he's, he's probably the best last pass rusher in the league which means that maybe you can flip him for a trade. I, I don't know if those conversations are going on. I would assume that Brad being being a responsible GM is at least putting feelers out there like, hey, I might have to cut might have to cut Julian O'Quara. You, you, got, you got the deal that I got for Mims for him? You know, something, just something yeah. like that? Yep. That's certainly feasible. And really but quick. Yeah, it was yeah. – yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I want to just go through the PFF defense grades for this game because – Okay. It's Campbell was I, awesome. I think it's fun. <laughs> I think it's fun and it's interesting and it, and it gives you something right. They have their methodology uh, and, and they, they try to make the subjective objective and it is what it is. Uh, sometimes it works well. Other times it doesn't, but it at least gives you something to kind of align these things up. Just knowing that it's a methodology that's, that's probably a little bit flawed, but there's not a, a whole lot better out there at this point, publicly available or subscriptionally available. So, I'm just going to walk through number one defensive overall grade for the Detroit Lions was one Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell rolls up and hits the number. Now, if you have 
your first round defensive pick that you got at 18, who's going to be cons- potentially consistently number one as your defensive graded player. I'm down with that. I'm absolutely down with that. Now I'll just tell you this much. Hutchinson, no show is he even on the team. Let's go on. No, he didn't play. All right. So then we go on. Here's one that I love. I absolutely love this. Number two ranked on the defense. Do you know who it is, Riz? Was it Branch? One Levi Anzurike. Oh, oh, yeah. Levi was good. He was good out there. Levi was good. You know what? And I will look, it's not the season. It's we're playing against twos and threes. But I will be the first to eat my hat on Levi's ability to come back. And I, I we've we've said it when we said we didn't think he could come back. When we said we thought it was over, Absolutely. we said, God, we hope we're wrong. We hope we're wrong. And Levi's coming out this year and he's doing what we talked about. Right. Early on, he look, he, he got bent backwards. Aaron Glenn talked about it and he survived. Right. That was great news. But he wasn't playing well. And it's like, okay, well, that's your data point. But what you want to see now is improvement because he hasn't played football in a long time, right? You just need to see the trajectory. And we're seeing that from Levi. And this gives me so much hope for him as a man, right? I just love the idea of the what a redemption story, what a comeback story. So Levi, one game in, first preseason game. There's a lot of football left. There's a lot still to come. But he rolls in number two defensive grade uh, from PFF. So Levi, no matter what happens from here, congratulations, man. You fucking, you fucking earned it. You earned that grade and and you did a great job out there. So good on you, man. Good on you. Love yeah. that. And it was fun. So during the game, he didn't stand out watching from the press box. Not, and, and it wasn't really that we were focusing on that in the rewatch. Um, I, I did focus on him a little bit and he, he, he was good. Yeah. He did things that we haven't seen him consistently do in practice. He won the initial battle of leverage, and that's not something that he's done very well. Now, again, he's playing at the end of the game. He's playing third-team defensive end tackle, um, and today he was with the fours some. Mm -hmm. And, you know, He's got he's got he's got work to do to make the team, but he's tr- he's putting in that work, and you see that the work is paying off, and that's very rewarding to see a player who has gone through so much. To it would have been so easy for him to quit, yeah, and so easy for him to take an injury settlement and and say, you know what, I'm just I'm I just can't do this. My body just isn't built for football, and he was told that. Um, we've said that we got that information from people in the Lions organization who thought that he, his body just isn't built for football. He's proving a whole lot of people wrong. And that's freaking awesome. Good on him. Uh, he's got to keep doing it yep. right now. If I were doing a 53 man roster projection, he's still not on the team. He, yeah. He's got work to do, but he's again, he's doing it and he's doing it well. And that <laughs> is incredible. Incredibly rewarding. He's got it. the right trajectory right now. He's got yes, the he right trajectory. That's that's huge. Um, I want it, number three. The commish Kaminsky comes in number three ranked uh, defensive player. Played great out there. Uh, Hayes number four. Um, yeah, and he's gone now. Yep, yep. Derek Barnes comes in at number five. Jalen Reeves Maybin number six. 
Julian Aquara, number seven. I mean, he he made some really splashy plays. He had three sacks. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Uh, Brandon Joseph, number eight. Brian Branch, number nine. Joseph got the game ceiling interception. That certainly yep. helped his case. Yeah. Um, and that was like, he just stood there and fair caught the ball. It wasn't like he did anything great. Uh, he's He's got a lot of, he's got a lot of work to do to yep. make um, even the practice squad, quite frankly. Yep. I'm not sure he's going to make the practice squad. We'll see. Yep. Uh, Josh Pascal and James Houston tied for number 10. But if you go to, to pass, pass rush, James Houston was number two right behind Julian Aquara. Um, really liked what Houston we saw out good. there. Yeah, Houston was good out there. Um, again, James Houston, the guy that uh, would never play a snap in the NFL. That's right. <laughs> he, so he did. <laughs> so there were. There, there was, that, that horn's going off in my head now. Um, he made a play in that game that he had not ever done in a Lions uniform before. He was backside contain on a run, and the run came to him, and he held the contain. And the, the linebacker, I forget who it was, made the play because James Houston didn't try to dance around the block, didn't try to run around the block, didn't get pushed back by the block, stood yep. his ground, did his job, and let his teammate come and make the play. That, to me, was as impressive of a play as what any any of the pass rush thinks he does because they have they have been stressing this over and over and over again. You cannot be just a pass rush specialist because if you come into the game, they're going to run right at you. We've seen this time and time again across the NFL. Some of the Gray and I have talked about quite a bit um, behind the scenes. Um, you've got to show that you can do more than that. And James Houston, to his credit, did did that very well, I thought. I even tweeted about it during the game, how well he did that in the Giants game. Yep. Uh, yeah. Today today was weird. I didn't really notice him that much today. So the, the way that the fields were set up was such that it was a lot easier for us to watch the Lions offense against the Jaguars defense than it was vice versa. But uh, – Got some got some good notes out of today. But yeah, James Houston was was impressive at doing more than just rushing the passer. And to me, that's a key to him playing instead of playing eight to ten snaps a game, maybe he can get out there for twenty to thirty. And that that's huge. Because uh he's he's really damn good at rushing the passer. <laughs> That is just for those who don't know that uh that that horn is the James Houston Memorial Riz boat horn. Uh, for it's supposed to be the Tommy Lee boat horn, <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, it, got, <laughs> it got there was a big baseball play, but it's it's usually the Riz's right horn, but when he's wrong, it's also wrong. The one thing we've loved about Riz, and and when it was still Case and I doing the show, Riz would come on and step up and say, Guys, I was wrong, he would start out yeah. his segment with, Guys, I was wrong, so we love it. We use the horn for when he's yeah, right yeah, and I when mean, he's wrong because when you're wrong, you're wrong. You gotta, something about it. If you don't there's, own up to it, you're Donald Trump, like you there's don't want to be something that guy. integrity. <laughs> There's integrity in admitting you're wrong, and so many in this business don't. There you no, go. You, All right, that's that's you never delete the tweet. Leave yeah. it out there. It, it, I'm I'm sure oh, I'm sure Packers fans didn't want me to, to say so much, much about deleting tweets and <laughs> last week, and now you say we'll leave that go. We'll let that one lay there. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. I haven't deleted tweets. It was um, the the eyeballs and about Teddy. 
Remember that. Oh. <laughs> Don't delete oh. the tweet. You're a journalist. All right. Yeah. There we go. All right. Let's let's move on to the next topic. We got a good one here. Uh, I, love, I love it. That's fun. Uh, really quick. Don't forget to like and subscribe. You know, this thing is telling me right here on the on the on the uh, on the console for YouTube. Send them a commercial. It'd be a great time to insert ads. It says YouTube is nuts for that. It tells, it tells and, I, and I'm sitting here ignoring it because I won't send ads out to you folks. If you join us for the live show, you don't get them. It can't help you on the other stuff. That's what you get. So sorry. Join us live. It's a lot of fun. But, you know, the one thing you can do is help out in super chat you can like 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 you can subscribe that's a great way to get people to help us out and then i won't send ads you, you keep doing the likes the subscribes uh <laughs> i'm not threatening i don't i can't threaten people but it helps us out a lot and especially at this time of year when we're trying to help other people show what we do on such a great season coming up we got your detroit lions coverage that like is free that subscribe is free and when you do it helps other people see us as well helps the whole algorithm thing all right let's get into so it we need, we need the shingles doesn't care ad chris because i love that ad um, my family, my, my family right now is just going around praying. Like, Shingles doesn't care. <laughs> well, here's some hard to swallow pills. Shingles doesn't care. All right. Shingles doesn't care. I should learn the name of that drug. <laughs> nah. Quote it all the time. Now. No, no, don't learn it. All right, let's get into the next one right here. We have the first Prison Seasons Games alternate broadcast. We alluded to it a little bit earlier, but holy cow, what a great production. First off. I want to give a big shout out to Shregs, Peter Schrager, for just what he does normally, right? He's there's something about him. I had a friend and he was he's not with us anymore. He had pancreatic cancer, which is one of the reasons why I'm just so, you know, into the St. Jude thing. We lost him. But there was something about him that was intoxicating his his he had like a wonder about the world, everything that happened around him. It was just like this joy of the experiencing the world. And that's what I feel like with Peter Schrager. He just loves watching when things happen. He's like, wow, did you see? I mean, he just enjoys it. And it's a it's a contagious vibe of of joy and experiential uh, kind of stuff. Love Peter Schrager. I, I, I love what he does. I just yes. want to, the whole alternative broad, alternate broadcast that he did was spectacular. He was a great selection for that. Great job, Schrager. Great, great job. I l- absolutely loved what, what he put together and what the, the whole team put together. It was, it was, it was really cool. Um, beyond that, then the guests, <sighs> my God, we opened with Brad Holmes. <laughs> just a cavalcade of stars. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was, like infectious from top to bottom and Darren McCarty, right? Infectious, his, his joy and like his, his ability to kind of talk between football and bring it back and, and the lean yeah. years and, 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 and into hockey and, and then, and then back and understanding and really, I mean, he's buying into the fun, right? To be able to sit there and enjoy it. It's, it, it is, it's contagious. It's infectious. Um, big shouts to your hero and my hero, both. Right. We both owned a jersey back when nobody owned jerseys. Jerseys were like like the, 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 they were just not a thing yet. Right. The the Chris Spielman jersey had. I wish I still had it. But um, Chris Spielman, you talk about infectious man, his love for the game, his his delivery, his excitement. It, 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 in, incredible. Just absolutely incredible, he, man. He bleeds Honolulu blue. Yeah. And yeah. He, he he didn't have to be that guy, but he chose to be that guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's he's he's incredible. Um, the whole it's so cool just seeing him around, like being involved. You know, with his little divot thing, he did, did that again today. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just 
He's always looking to help somebody somewhere yeah. in the Lions organization. Yeah. That's that earnestness with which he goes about it is really refreshing because uh, there are guys that try to look like that and they know that they're being watched to do that. Yep. And it's not authentic. that's not, <laughs> that's not spilling. That's not, that's not really anybody on the lions. Like that. That's the authenticity not, yeah. of, of this leadership yeah. is incredible. And, authenticity. Yep. And, and again, so, Spielman out there filling the divots just tells you, and, and, and look, if you haven't heard our part, our, our uh, training camp party broadcast, please go watch it. Dan Miller tells yeah. a great story yeah. about Chris yep. Spielman. Uh, and actually Dan and I had a really good moment I've never felt like such a pro Dan, Dan, Dan is like, it's like when you're the backup center or guard playing on a top tier offensive line, he just makes you look yeah. and feel so much better at what you do. Right. But God, I've never felt like such a pro other than when, when, when he was talking, told his Spielman story and handed it off. And I started talking about, it was like, Oh man, this is it. Like, this is such a, it was really that, that whole period about him and, and what the the story. And then what we talk about is so just it it is so lined up in such a the the on point about what Chris Spielman is as a person, what he means to this team, and uh, and 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 how he operates, how he lives his life. It's just it's really really well done. Dan Miller is a special special guy, and and the the story he shared was was very much very much a a, a kind of window into the soul of, of Chris Spielman. Can I, can I tell you a quick Dan story? Yeah. So Dan Dan is at camp today, and I'm standing with him and Michael here, and we're talking before practice starts. And the kid comes up and asks Dan to sign his hat. And Dan is taken aback by it. Like, why would they want my – like, sincerely, like, why would they want my signature? I'm just a play by – like, yeah. he, he, he doesn't understand how much impact he, he has on Lions fans' lives. We love you, Dan. I will we tell you for just, good reason. Yeah, just just so you guys know, Dan is really careful about. He doesn't want to. I think he's a little overly careful because I think he's he's a little self conscious about understanding just how freaking good he is, right? Yes, and absolutely. I, I I he's super humble and he and and he hates it on one hand, but I think he needs to hear it. And and I'm playing psychologist on a podcast. Just let him know. Just let him know how good he is and how much you appreciate this guy. Because, yeah. um, like like he is he's fantastic. He's fantastic. And just to hear him and the, how like humble and like he doesn't understand how good he is. And maybe he doesn't want to. Maybe it's what helps him stay hungry. I'm not sure. Right. Maybe. But 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 he, he he's he, let him know. Just let him know how much how much you love him because he is he. We're lucky. We're luckiest fans to have Dan Miller doing our doing uh, doing the thing that he does for for Lions and Lions fans and those those broadcast views of him in the booth. I was talking to him about it and I was telling him how great those were and he's like, "God, I was nervous about that." I'm like, "What do you mean, like Dan? It's great." He goes, "Yeah, I, I, but like, I mean, you standing up and cheering. He, he doesn't you're want there. the attention. He doesn't want to be the story. You standing there and cheering. You're there with me in the living room and seeing you do that. It, I know that you and I are standing up together when this happens, right? And he goes, yeah, I just don't feel like, I don't know if it's like, if people get into it, it's too much. He goes, but I couldn't do it any other way. 
that's just right. how I have to call it. And I am that excited when I see it. And he's like, and I'm like, that's it though, Dan. That's that genuineness of your love for the game and the plays and the excitement. That's what makes it so great. And uh, he's, he, you know, just, just let him know how much you love him. Give it Dan. Cause, cause I really want to see more of that in the booth stuff because it's fantastic. He's so good. Fantastic. No one cool makes me want to cheer him. more. It was cool watching, cool watching Lomas um, get announced that he was going to be put in the, the pride uh, that was yeah. that was sweet, um, that was and awesome. that was something. No cheering in the press box. Every single person in the press box turned to our left and clapped and cheered for Lomas. Uh, yeah, he deserves it. Yeah, it awesome, oh, awesome moment. I I never like I watch a game a second time or a third time sometimes. <laughs> And I don't get up and I and, and, and I, I'm like, OK, I know what's going to happen. And I, I watch I look at different angles. I get it, it kind of my analysis brain goes. It's the, the only time that I can jump up, get goosebumps, cheer, get super excited for it again is when Dan's doing the calls. Like I could watch something three years later and hear on, on like a highlight reel on the NFL network on a 30 for 30. When I hear Dan call a touchdown, I'm ready to jump up because it was a touchdown. You know what I mean? There's there's it's yeah. infectious. There's just something about him that is just fantastic. <laughs> just love it, man. All right. Let's uh, let's go. Let's get rocking and rolling here. We've got uh, our alternate broadcast. I hope they keep doing it. I hope they make it available outside of the the market. I hope if they don't. We find friends who have things like Discord or other means to share that with folks who are maybe not necessarily in the market uh, so we can see it live, too. Uh, That would be fantastic, friends. This week's game will be broadcast live on the NFL Network. I don't know what that means for an alternate broadcast. We haven't heard anything about it yet. We didn't hear about last week's until two days before. Yep. I think we heard it last Wednesday, and the game was Friday. Saturday, 1 o'clock is this week's game probably hear stuff tomorrow if, yeah. if anything comes out I, I don't know if they're doing anything or not yeah yeah Never yeah heard. yeah all right let's go alternate broadcast love it it was uh, it was well done again lions uh Eamon and and uh communications team and social media team fantastic some of the absolute best in the business deserved their awards they cleaned up this year in emmys and they deserved everyone and, and likely more incredible team they've been able to put together and i i'm super critical of media, you know that Riz. I'm hypercritical of yes. production quality. I've been on the wrong of, end of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of of that. Well, that judge besides just that production quality, like the the angles. Yeah. The, the, the I'm really like hyper focused on a lot of the hows it's done, and I can't I can't criticize them. Other than the mics in the in the interview room, I cannot <laughs> criticize that team. They are they are absolutely fantastic at what they do. Absolute professional. So, uh, all so right, let's, we just real quick on that yeah, issue. Yeah. We've had that conversation. Initially, the rejection was was that it was a a COVID legacy risk, and I get mm-hmm. I, I totally get that. I want I don't want to touch a microphone that somebody melt to it. Like I, I don't want I don't. Aside, I'm, I'm fairly germaphobic to begin with. Like I'm one of those weirdos. I used to use hand sanitizer every time I filled up my gas tank, like in the '90s. <laughs> like that's just who I am. But. Um, the way the room is laid out would be very difficult unless they had like a mic where they could have a control. Like there's three rows of tables. And if you had the mic in the middle of the row um, and it would be very nice in the front row where Dave Burkett sits, because Dave, Dave, I love you, man. You got to talk louder. You, you really do. <laughs> um, so shy, Dave. <laughs> you could, uh, 
you can hit a button to make it so mic one goes on or mic two goes mm-hmm. on or mic three goes on. Well, there um, you can see the you can hear him running the pots up and down on it. Guys, I can help you. I'm telling you, I can I can make that work for you. I can do it for less yeah. than a thousand bucks. I promise you. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, it, and I won't it would be, you. I won't it, it would be welcome because I, quite frankly, there are times I sit two or three chairs, depending on if a certain other free press member is there. Um, down from Dave, and I can't always hear his questions. Um, and I'm as close to him as Dan is. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, and, but that's just that's that's who Dave is. Um, and Dave generally asks pretty darn good questions. Uh, I, I commend him for that. Um, he actually wasn't there this morning for the question asking portion, and we were like, "Oh, okay, who's going to ask these questions now?" <laughs> he and Justin Justin Rogers, who's who also likes to ask a lot of questions. Um, neither of them were at the Q and A this morning or at, at Dan's press conference this morning, so uh, we had to, had to pick up some slack. I had a question ready to go, but uh, they called time on me. I was going to ask him. I will try to ask it again tomorrow about um, how he, how Dan feels that the defense is handling mobile quarterbacks because they faced one last week in Daniel Jones, and they've got two of them this week in Jacksonville in Trevor Lawrence and Nathan Rourke, yeah. and uh, something to point at. So if you hear that question tomorrow. It's me. <laughs> um, why not get a satellite mic like one of the ones with one of those bowls? That's a parabolic. Um, it's not. That's not quite what you want to do, Jeff. But I, I know what you're thinking, and that's uh, you're, you're getting the. You want to think a little bit more shotgun. You want to think a little bit more angles, and uh, I got I got them I'm covered if they want to listen. All right, uh, let's get moving. Uh, we're going to get to the next Take item the on the list. Boom. Isn't that guy called the key grip in a movie thing? Um, I think he's a boom operator. Okay. Boom, boom. Let's go I back to, to my room. You can do I it all night. It. It'll make you feel <laughs> right. Oh. All right. That's what awesome. we saw in joint practice and camp this week. I want to start with David Montgomery. We touched on it a little bit last week. Um, and, and he doesn't, with Gibbs there, he doesn't get a lot of the love, a lot of the conversation. When I, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to reiterate for folks that are, 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 you know, devoted listeners. You're going to know. I said this. David Montgomery has real hands. David Montgomery can catch the ball. Sure, I heard today. that he did it today. He it absolutely today. has the ability. It's a very quiet skill. Nobody seems to talk about his ability to do that. I have an expectation that in the preseason games, in the scrimmages, you're not going to see a whole lot of that utilized because there's going to be a point, and this is a Ben Johnson thing, where everybody's waiting for Gibbs to grab the pass as an offensive weapon. And they're looking at Montgomery sitting in the backfield. And all of a sudden, Montgomery's going to go out. He's going to wheel. He's going to slot. He's going to go out, and he's going to catch a ball, and he's going to just wreck people. And then Gibbs is going to run between the tackles. And, and, and defenses aren't going to have the wrong people in the wrong spot to try to stop those guys from doing that. It's this is a real David Montgomery is a weapon because he's really good at that kind of dual threat thing. And because we have Jameer Gibbs, uh, just hang on. He's it, we're, Monty's going to stay, I think, probably quiet until the season starts. And then you're going to find out the the left, right cross jab that we have with this offense because oh, it's beautiful. <sighs> Uh, Riz, am I am I am I am I, am I wrong on on Montgomery and and, and no and- he made it he made a couple of very nice catches today and the thing with him is when he's in space 
you can't go low and tackle him because his thighs are huge and he's got good leg churn. So if you're a defensive back out there, you got to, you got to like size him up, stand him up and wait for the cavalry to come. Very different than trying to tackle Jameer Gibbs. Mm -hmm. Um, He's, he's a load out there. And the Jaguars found that I say, I I will give the Jaguars, the Jaguars have some linebackers, man, that, that can play. Devin Lloyd, really good player. Um, Jared Goff found that out today. Uh, they, they got some guys in, the, in that second level of the defense that can really ball. And David Montgomery flaring out, and, and there was another one where he actually ran a route. So it wasn't really a wheel route, but it also wasn't wasn't one, if that makes any sense. Um, he's He was good. No, no question he can catch the ball out of the yeah. backfield. Uh, yeah. And we'll, we'll be called upon to do that as well. Uh, it's it's not something that gets advertised a lot because he's he tends to be pretty good in the B. He's a great B gap runner. That's where he excels at his best. But uh, he can he can do things outside too. He can uh, he can certainly catch the ball. I'd love to hear that. All right, what else, Riz? In, especially today in Jags in the practice with the Jags. What did you see that really jumped out? You had some great shorts that you delivered today. Yeah, um, we'll get to injury updates in a little bit. But uh, what, yeah. what did you see in the play on the field out there? What we know is that the two teams gave it to each other really well. They gave what they got they as did. good as they got what they gave. You know, it was it was a case of watching two good football teams go at it. And the Jaguars certainly had some wins. The Lions certainly had some wins. Uh, and it was both offenses and defenses for both teams that, that stood out. I think first team... In general, I think the Jaguars' offense probably got the the split decision over the Lions to go, to go into boxing or do they? I don't even know. What, I don't watch MMA. Boxing, anyways. They used to do split decisions, yeah, yeah. and I, I would give that to control. the Jaguars. But I would also give the Lions' offense a split decision over the Jaguars' defense um, with the ones. And and again, there's. You can you can point to examples of plays on both sides of those who are like, oh, they did this really well. Or, you know, there was, there was a play, Calvin Ridley looked great. There was a play where Jerry um, was on him at the line and they flared a running back out and Jerry, Jerry stayed with the running back and CJGJ did not get over the top and Trevor Lawrence threw a freaking dime. Nice. It, was go- it was gorgeous. Ridley caught it, scored a touchdown, let CJGJ know about it. Like, that was probably the play of the day. Like it was, it was sweet. But then you get like CJ GJ, he knocked the ball out of of somebody. Uh, there was there was another one where he he physically separated a player from the ball. Like mm-hmm. there's there's enough examples on both sides that it, it it was fun. It was good. It was good football. I enjoyed that. Like I like. I think Jacksonville is going to win the the AFC South. I think that's a good football team. And Interesting. We, in general, I think because we kicked their ass so badly last year, Lions fans don't perceive them to be yeah. as good as they are. That team won a playoff game last year. Down 21 nothing, they won a playoff game last year. They're good, and they got better. Um, they might have gotten quite a bit better on the offensive side of the ball. So that's... Don't sleep on them at your peril, man. That, that's a good football team. And if the Lions are, you know... Toe to toe with them, I'm good with that. Yeah. Like that, that's that's the kind of that's the kind of team I want to be regarded as. 
and toe to toe at vanilla time. Right. And this is, right. this is, this is something I think people need to, to keep in mind, even with the preseason vanilla time, we're doing vanilla offense. We're doing vanilla defense. I think For people have a little bit of the show it to me on the defense, Aaron Glenn. The, I don't think the confidence is there, but you know, you're not seeing what Ben Johnson has, you know, he can do it. You know, he's a, he's, he keeps him guessing. He's a, he's an evil genius kind of mind. Um, yeah. So You're they, not they seeing it. They did pull a little so, bit out today. Yeah, well, <laughs> but, but they didn't pull it. They didn't. They didn't put it in. That's what I'm saying. And no, they, they did. They, they, no, they ben ran Johnson, a couple today. Ben Johnson but, is going to uh, put the full one Johnson one in didn't. there and the juice crew. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's going to. You're going to. You're going to see. So playing vanilla, you're seeing the players and you're seeing the talent out there. What's going to happen is now when we get to the season, you're going to see the playbook as this talent comes together, as they start to gel and find their stride and you get the ones that are working together and it's, it's less a mix and match of the players out there to test them out. When you get those top guys out there and then you pull out the playbook and do it for real, you're going to have the talent. The talent's going to elevate because it is all those number ones, but it's also the, 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 the juice that sits in that playbook and the juice that sits in that coach coaching staff and those game plans that you're going to see play themselves out. And that's where it's great to see even talent with a team that's as good as the Jags right now, because when you put, get to that X factor piece, that's where the magic's going to happen. Oh, I can't wait for football Riz. I can't believe I went out of town for the first freaking game. Do you know? <sighs> Sometimes day jobs suck. Mine's pretty good though. Yeah, I, I I like mine a lot, but man, sometimes it gets in the way of my night job. <laughs> oh, well. all right. So, yeah. uh, what else, Riz? What else we got out there uh, from what the uh, practices? So, Jack Campbell was really good today. He made he made my notes. Um, check him out at lineswire.com, please. Thank you. Uh, he was very good. He was probably the Lions' best defensive player today. And it was scary. Um, so we're getting to the rest of the injuries in a little bit. There was a rep where he went down and it looked like he was grabbing like like lower right side. Um, he he made he laid a big hit on their number two running back whose name escapes me right now. But he's like stood him straight up and then they blew the whistle and, and Jack came off and he's like oh like doubled over and went over to the side and was like holding at it. And he sat out the rest of that series. And then they went into special teams, and he was, like, in there as the left guard. And I'm like, okay, we're good. And then after that, he was phenomenal. So yep. sometimes you, you get the injuries, and, and they're they're nothing at all. It's just like, oh, I mean. It's a stinger. You know, yeah. Bruce Spleen happens. Like, you can, you can live with that. You Liver shot. Takes you out for a bit, and then you get back. Yeah. And yeah. That, that, that happens a lot. Um, that's why we try to be a little bit careful when the, in the reporting on the injuries. But uh, it's – he was really good, man. Coverage – Blitzing, um, reading his keys, making the plays, not ever being out of position. He's he was he was legit today. And then again, Devin Lloyd on the other side um, for Jacksonville. That guy's really good. And Dan, and uh, Jack Campbell is he's he's gonna be he's gonna be right there with them. Yeah, uh, Dev, Devin Lloyd's gonna have a monster year. He made an interception today on Goff. I I think Jared Goff is probably still wondering where the hell did he come from? <laughs> like it was it was it was it was quite a play. Um, Goff did not have a great day. Um, he missed some throws. There was one he had Daniel Helm 
um, who's a tight end who's probably not going to make the team, running a seam route, and the Jaguars blew the coverage, and Helm had 10 to 15 yards wide open beyond him, and Goff missed him by 10. Like, it, it was just an awful throw. We don't we, – it, it was uncharacteristic. It was one of those um, – I was standing with a couple other people and we're looking at like, was, was that Goff that threw – that wasn't Sudfeld that threw that? Like, yeah. it, it, it was very out of character. Just wasn't his best day. It happens. Um, threw, that in, threw one interception to Lloyd, threw another one that Lloyd should have caught. Um, he actually, um, like, triple caught it, and then it fumbled away. Yeah. On the golf thing, just so you know, yesterday was my yeah. birthday, and he went out. We went out and had, had some drinks, so I wouldn't expect to be touched. Oh, that'll do it. Yeah. yeah that so. will do it. There you go. Um, what else stood out? Uh, we, so we could not watch the line. So um, where we are, if you've been to training camp, and you're sitting in the giant grandstands. We are, we are confined when on joint practices. We don't have free reign. We are stuck in the end zone behind the to the right of the field where you all are sitting. Um, yep. The VIP tent is down to our right, yep. and we can't see the other end of the field. And the offensive line versus defensive line, all that stuff that was going on the pit drills, is 120 yards away from us, and they're also angled perpendicular to us, so we really can't see it. So I, I, I defy you to find anybody who can tell you anything about how Aiden Hutchinson, Trayvon, well, like any of that went. Because if they did, they were either in the far end of the stands as uncredentialed media, which, by the way, is where Chris goes, and it's smart, and it's not a bad place to be. But if they're credentialed media and they're saying that, they're lying because they couldn't see squat down there. Squat. Guarantee it. Yeah. Yeah, that's maybe um, if you were on the so there is another media area that's by the other VIP. It's by tent. the it's by the family's tent. Yeah, by the by the friends and family's tent. But then you're looking across one field through all the people that are standing on the sidelines for the other drill, mm-hmm. and then they're still back behind that end zone on the other side. I mean, if, that one if worked, you can make out you can make out what's happening through that. God bless you. That worked great though for the uh, Giants and Lions because we were. Opposite sides. You you were in that one, and I on seeing yeah, all the defensive work, and I was on the other side seeing all the offensive work. It was worked out perfect for us for for covering what was going on. Now, though, you're saying that the the um the VIP tent where you were at was down to the right, so that, that you weren't in the infamous Michael Rothstein stands no. with the spraying no. sun no. sun cream when he got blasted with the kick, right? <laughs> That's still one of the greatest moments ever. That was incredible. Hit by the ball. Right. Oh, God. Prater nailed him. Yeah. And Prater knew it. Yeah. <laughs> that, yep. was, that was great. That's, that's nothing but love for you, Mike. I, I, I uh, if you don't know, Mike Rothstein, now with uh, ESPN in Atlanta, was the sloucher. And I now sit in his seat in the media room. And I yeah. never slouch. Yeah, I was going to say, you're erect. Yeah. Let me get erect now. There we go. You might want to adjust your camera. Um, <laughs> now that you're right, it's not a, the view is a little disturbing. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get on. Let's get on to a little bit more of a somber topic and talk about the preseason injury reports. There's two that you talked about today. Um, two key players, um, two of which one of which we're not expecting for six <laughs> weeks anyway. But with the other one is 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 I saw somebody so, say it earlier. It's like Linus in a security blanket for golf. Amon Ross St. Brown went out a little injury here. It didn't look like it was majorly serious though. No, no. Uh, So we didn't see what happened. 
But he, uh, in the first series of seven on sevens, and they were going the other direction from us at that point, uh, he came up uh, and and hopped off. And again, I didn't I didn't see it, and none of the people that were that I was standing with uh, saw it either. They taped his ankle. He went back out. He tried to run some routes in the end zone on his own, and they're like, "You can just stay on the side." Um, he he didn't go back on the field. To my knowledge, and I didn't see him or hear it. I don't think he did the jugs machine today after practice, because normally when you when you're there, you just hear it and you hear it, and you hear it, and like it's when the other players, when the player interviews are going on, and when we're talking, the guys are coming off the field. We didn't hear it today, so. I, I don't think it's major. Like he was running, he was cutting. It wasn't like he broke his ankle. Like it, it, it uh, is one of those where I might not expect to see him tomorrow, and he wasn't going to play Saturday anyway. So um, let's wait until next week before we see anything. But I, I don't think that was. I don't think that was serious at all. Uh, just one of those things where uh, we uh, and I and this was this was the angle that I used at Lionsworth too. We got to see the offense run without Amon Ross St. Brown in it. And not so good. <laughs> Could be better. Uh, I will say, Khalif Raymond stepped up into the role. They so he normally plays outside. He moved in to Amon Ra's slot role, and the Jaguars couldn't handle him. He was he's just too fast, and he, he's a different style of receiver. You know, Amon Ra gets by on guile and precision and strength, and Khalif like just runs past you. Um, I can set you up with his speed. He changes speeds masterfully and did that today. Um, and he toasted uh, number two for the Jaguars on that. But yeah, Khalif was great. Um, rest of the receivers. Then you saw the problem that comes with the depth. Like Marvin wasn't getting open. Josh Reynolds, not his best day. Sam Laporte, not his best day. Uh, Brock Wright, certainly not his best day. He just, he really struggled against athletic linebackers, uh, both in the run and pass game. Because Brock has looked um, great all at camp. He, he's he has. Really looked well, he's had a good camp. Done well. And, and it, it stinks to hear that he wasn't doing so well today. Yeah. Um, so I, I, not, it didn't look at all serious for, for the way that he was working out afterwards. Now, the other one that we saw was Jamison Williams uh, was running a corner route and uh, came up. 20 to 30 yards on the field, just instantly grabbed at the back of his right hamstring. And he went to the, went, got on the sideline, laid down with trainers. They tried to stretch him out for maybe five minutes, maybe. Um, and then he walked off very slowly across the second field into the locker room and we didn't see him again. Don't know. Like I, I watched the entire thing happen and I didn't see any awkward step or anything, but I am certainly not a doctor or a kinesiologist. So it, it didn't look, I've, I've seen, I, I have literally seen a hamstring detach. I have seen a quad detach. This was nothing like that. It did, it did seem, uh, I know. So I know some people um, came back with uh, on Twitter, like, Oh, could it be cramps? Like it didn't, didn't have the feel of a cramp. Um, it, Let's just hope that it's something minor uh, because he still needs the reps. He did not have a good practice before that. He in the there was a drill where they run. Um, I forget what they call the drill, but there are four quarterbacks throwing and they're all throwing four balls. And you know every receiver gets a ball. He was literally the only receiver that put a ball on the ground in that entire drill. 
Um, and he also put another one on the ground later that hit him in both hands here, both hands here, and rolled off of his knee and flew out. Um, so he needs to work, and he's not going to get it. I, I'm going to guess that we don't see him tomorrow. Um, he was supposed to play a lot Saturday. We'll see how that goes because he needs to be out there. He, he needs reps. Whatever you think yeah. about him, he needs reps. Whatever you think about him, the only thing that's going to make him better is reps. Whether yes. you think he's great, whether he's not, he's going to get better with reps. That's it. So yep. that's, that's, that's what you need. All right. Any other injury updates that we want to kind of cover, talk about? Uh, for the, no, the Jaguars lost a lineman today. Uh, I didn't see who that was. Um, by the way, the font on their, their roster that they gave us, like the Lions – Lions use like 12 print 12 point Jaguars were like six. Like I, like I need reading glasses basically just to see anything at this point. Like I need, I need a microscope to read their roster. It was brutal. <laughs> so tough getting old. The, the other problem is they do it in comic sans, but that's all right. All right. Let's, uh, <laughs> oh, man, I got, I got nothing but love for the, the Jaguars. That's a good football team. That's a well coached football team too. Yep. Uh, they're going to do some damage this year. So yep. keep that in mind as, as context for because Jaguars fans got really chesty on Twitter today. And I'm not sure why. It's because uh, their media pumped some them of up. That is, their media really pumped them up today. Uh, it was interesting. So I, it was like, it was, I'll just kind of, if, if you remember yeah. CJGJ from, um, from the Giants practice, I mean, you mm-hmm. just know that he was he was he was mouthy, he was strong, he was. Uh, I was. feel like the 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 Jags media kind of took on that persona. I don't know if they're trying to pump their yeah. fans up because they're having hype this year, they're feeling the hype. But the Jags media yeah. really took an interesting kind of collective push in the way they reported. Okay. You know what I mean? And it was interesting. Yeah, it's just I, interesting. I, a diversion I wasn't really. I certainly wasn't privy to that in the time. Like in real time, I did catch a little bit of it later on as I was catching up um, because when when practice is going on, social media to me is one way. I don't look. I just spray out um, and I will probably spray out less tomorrow because there were a couple things where I probably should have been watching the practice a little bit closer. And I, you know, I, I'd rather I'm there to take notes and watch practice. Um, I get paid to write. I don't get paid to tweet. Um, that was something that. Uh, a couple of people said last week, and it was, it was a good reminder. Mm-hmm. But um, it felt like Jaguars fans that got, especially the ones that were in my mentions, got a little crazy on, like, or drunk on how good their team played. Like, yeah, they're good. The Lions were good today, too. And I think that they didn't really acknowledge that or accept that very well. Yeah. Um, like I said at the top. I call today it, a draw, like to go back to the boxing thing. I don't think it was a split. I think it was a draw. Like the Lions did some great things. The Jaguars did some great things. It was fun to watch two good football teams play one another. To be fun again tomorrow. It'll be fun Saturday. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I, I didn't get the, so I don't know many Jaguars guys, reporters, like I, I'm, fairly connected around a lot of teams. The Jaguars are one of those that I'm not. I don't know much of their media at all. And two of the guys that I know well aren't here. Mm-hmm. They only had seven. I think it was seven guys. Um, 
at the the pre-practice press conference, the Giants had like 60. So that gives you an idea of the media coverage. So maybe they're with a smaller group like that, it's easier to you know sort of collude to make the a story the story. Yeah. I wonder if they did that because I, I do know who one of the guys is here. Uh, and he's an absolute cheerleader for the team um, on, unapologetically. Um, and he knows it too. He, he knows that's his role. Um, that's, yep. that's the role in the media that he has assumed. Uh, and he was probably the steering and loudest voice of the Jaguars media today. I wouldn't mean, he's the- mad at his job. He's doing his job fine, but that's not always the full picture you're getting there. I'm going to take on a little bit of a cheerleader role for the Lions, but in a little bit of a more of a meta space because I haven't heard anyone talk about this. And it's to me, it seems a little bit obvious, but in the in the changes that have happened in the preseason as they've reduced to three preseason games um, and the, the, the lack of seeing starters in the preseason at all in many cases now and the lack of a chance for the teams to really line up and play against other talent. There's a change, and you're seeing it in Detroit this year. They, they did a little bit last year. These joint practices are so much more important. These scrimmages. Because yes. if you remember, you know, that in the four preseason games kind of point in time, it was players on the same team would get in fights and hate hitting each other all the time. And it was good. It got, it got, it got personal sometimes. Right. And, and, and there was, you know, sometimes players weren't on the team anymore after preseason because they just couldn't get along. Skipper skip Stan Skipper used to, that's where he got his coaching. Don't beat up your teammates. Right. He got really angry on fights. Um, the change in how you are able to practice now and the lack of uh, that whole loss of a preseason game is a significant change in your talent evaluation and your ability to pull the team together ahead of the season and the playing time they get together. When you set something like this up in the preseason where you have these joint practices and you're playing against a player from another team, everyone's always fighting for a job in, in this preseason and in camp. And now you're fighting for a, for a job against another team. It adds a different layer of competition. It adds, you know, iron sharpens iron. They talk about it all the time. When you're playing against another team, there's a, I don't want to say there's a little bit of a throw caution to the wind about the other guy. Cause he's, but he's not on your team. It's different when you hit somebody who's not on your team, right? It's just that it's they still respect each other's players. They still respect the sport and and and, and they're each other's human beings, right? But it's just different. And it's being different. smart enough as a coaching staff to embrace the way they've done this for 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 the, the training camp in the preseason to have two weeks in a row playing against another team, they've effectively gotten themselves another game and a half of. That's right. Preseason practice against an NFL opponent that isn't themselves. They play against different style players. It's not playing against the same couple of guys every time at that position. This is an intelligent, a very smart move by a savvy coaching staff in Detroit. They've embraced it. Some teams haven't embraced it at all. Detroit has not only embraced it, but they've sort of led the way in this space as these changes have happened in the preseason. And I love the thinking that's gone into this. I love what this coaching staff is doing. So as I said, a little bit of a cheerleader role, but just, just look at how smart they're approaching it. They lost something. 
They lost that preseason game. They lost that ability to play against another team. So they found another way to add that competition and add that in that, in that ability to evaluate and grow and test what they're doing. So I, I just much, much credit to to the Lions coaching staff for thinking ahead, to for being leaders in the league and their approach and the way they do things. This is this is just just smart, smart leadership on this team. And Dan talked about that before practice today. He was asked, you know, how are you going to find your winners and losers? That's not the right, that's not the right mm-hmm. phrasing, but, and he's like, joint practices, like, hello, <laughs> that's why we're here. Yep. Um, yeah. He, he's a major proponent for it. And you're going to see them do this year in, year out. You're seeing more and more teams doing more of it all the time. And it's something that's going to keep catching on. And if you're a fan, you got to love this. You're having two of them at home. Like that's that's phenomenal. <laughs> probably not going to happen again. Like you're probably going to have to go to Cleveland or Cincinnati or Indianapolis next year to to do it. But maybe maybe Pittsburgh. But uh, hopefully not Buffalo. That's a long way. Um, that's yeah. But you're you're gonna you're gonna see more and more of this as long as Dan Campbell's the head coach of the Detroit Lions. They're gonna have joint practices whenever they can. And it's just like the idea that they cut out two a days and they and, and people say, Oh, it's making you get softer yeah. players. No, you're not. It's not what happened at all. I mean, the common wisdom was, Oh, you're gonna have guys coming in out of shape and they're soft. No. You had guys the guys that came in that survived are the guys that worked hard all season on their own. The guys that had that dedication, that had that grit, if you will, that had that love of the game. And what's happened is the level of competition and the quality of players has risen as a result of the taking away the two a days. It's, inc- it's, 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 it's counterintuitive as heck, but that's what you've gotten. And taking away a preseason game, the way this may play out, it's kind of pushed these teams and these coaching staffs to find different ways to raise the level of competition and their ability to perform week one in the NFL. Because we've, I've said it for years. Week one in the NFL is fool's gold. It is almost a roll of the dice as to who could win a game, which is a great way to kind of walk into KC as an underdog, right? Because anything can kind of happen. You anything can happen. Um if you're going to face the Super Bowl champions as a team that won 9 wins as the, one of their best seasons in a couple of years, this is when to do it. Week 1. Week 1's when to do it. So, this is this is great. This is this is I like how they're coming together. I like how they how they're they're thinking ahead and 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 taking, you know, what would be limiting factors normally and turning those into positives and in ways to build and grow and innovate uh to to a better quality product. So, if they could only Absolutely. do that with the the officials, we'd be in a great great spot. Yeah, so the officials have been out and uh, if you practice today, you saw a crap ton of flags on the punt teams. From both sides, uh, the Jaguars, the Jaguars, one player in specific, and I don't know who he is because I couldn't read his shit, really needs to stop blocking people out of bounds because he got flagged for it twice. Uh, Chase Lucas got flagged for running out of bounds on his own on purpose and going down and covering a kick. Not so good. Uh, he did not have a great day. He, he had a play where he should have had a tackle for loss, and he dove at feet that were no longer there, uh, and it wound up being a pretty big gain. Uh, he's played better than I anticipated he would for the majority of camp. Today was not a good day for Chase Lucas. Yeah. Uh, at Chris from Don. Uh, is Tracy Walker officially our backup safety today? Yes. Today. Yes. Um, he is. He is. But, well, yeah. 
Yes, when, he, but when, also you, when you turn in the starting roster, right? <laughs> I don't know that he's the starter. I don't Could he know be potentially? He's, I, I, I'm, if I'm the coaching he's, staff, I, I need to see more out of him. I think he's got it, right? It's just he's missing. I think, I think, and this is just my thought and observation from being in camp, I think he's going to start ahead of Branch because Branch can fill in at so many spots, including Tracy's spot, that you want to have a guy like that ready to come in and make an impact somewhere. Whereas Tracy, when he's in the game, he is your low safety. In split safety, he is on the tight end side. Like, that's his role, and he's good at it. But I, I don't think they want to sacrifice that. He's the team captain, and it's very clear he's the leader of – of. he's not the only leader on the defense. CJ, GJ has clearly stepped into that. Cam Sutton has clearly stepped into that. Anzalone is clearly a leader. I think you're seeing Aleem do more leadership this offseason. Uh, we've seen a lot of that in camp. We've seen Josh Pascal step up in that capacity. But Tracy is the guy who's been there the longest, and that does mean something in the football world. It certainly means something in Dan Campbell's world. And Tracy, and I think you're going to see Tracy out there a lot. Tracy's a lovable dude, too. And, and, and you know guy. what? He's a great guy. And, and like an ultimate fan, family man out there, too. You know what I mean? He's always he's, got his he's kids. He's got his wife. About it, but he's, yeah. he, he, he burns with the intensity, man. He's, yeah. he's a good player. He's 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 one of those guys that he loves what he does, yes, but he he's does. but he also absolutely loves his family. And I'm not saying other guys don't love their family, but he truly like he is out there. His wife, his kids are out there after practice sure. with him. Even when he goes signs, they hang with him. They're together. They're a tight group. They're a tight unit. That, we're, my my fam's like that. It, I, I get where he's at. I, I appreciate you know yeah. that kind of that kind of closeness. So all right, uh, Anzalone's like that too. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll share one quick cool moment after practice today. Anzalone and his family are all out there. His wife's beautiful. His kids are beautiful. Um, and Levi Anzarike is walking by, um, and then they start. T- he starts talking to Alex and. Um, and so these kids just start using Levi as a jungle gym. And he <laughs> loved it. And he played along. It was really cool to see. Like awesome. it's the little moments like that, like where you appreciate how good of a teammate Alex Anzalone is, because he's like, like, are you okay with this? Like, yeah, man, this is cool, man. I like yeah. playing with like Levi. You saw him smile. You saw the big kid come out in him. It was that's really awesome. cool. That's awesome. <laughs> little moments like that are, are that's what's all about. That's and and those are things that didn't happen. From night from twenty fourteen through twenty twenty, yeah, yeah. either coach didn't question, happen. Question from Brandon Kerr, uh, Chris and Jeff tagging on to what Don Burr asked. I just wanted to say the names. Who is the big nickel in the three safety set? That's Tracy. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, let's move on to the next topic. Season for St. Jude. What? It it it's not hot sauce. It's it's not seasoning salt. It's not Lowry's or it's not what's that? Remember accent the MSG from back in the seventies? That stuff. Uh, it, that is yes, not yes, I do. <laughs> that is not, shingles doesn't care. <laughs> that is not the season we're talking about. Um, we're we're up in the ante this year. Um, yep. St. Jude, you know we do it. We do our twenty four hour uh, broadcast. We're doing that. The 24-hour broadcast, that's still a thing. That is going to happen on November the 3rd and 4th. We're going for 24 hours 
or St. Jude. We will have an auction. We have, we'll have some things along the way as well. We have a villain hoodie that we're going to, uh, we're going to low, uh, we're going to deliver. Uh, we've got a lot of good stuff. We've got signed, uh, shirts, Hank's tanks shirts from the whole O line and Hank Frilly have signed. Uh, those will go up as well for auction. We'll have footballs. We'll have all that kind of great stuff up for auction for folks to raise money for St. Jude, but we're going to make it an entire season. This is a great season for the Lions. This is a great season for us. As you know, I uh, alluded to it a little bit earlier about what we're doing for St. Jude, and it's a, it's a really big thing for us. We're going we're gonna to push this and go with it this year. This week, we're going to kick this off. Uh, we'll have a link where you can donate, and we're going to have a bigger goal, folks. We, we, we've, we cracked $100,000. It's $106,000 in change so far that we've raised for St. Jude so far. Um, so cool. We want to add 50 grand to that this year and we need you to do it. We need your help. You folks have been spectacular in helping us do this, help these, uh, these sick kids, their families at a time in the need. So uh, really quickly, I just want to tell you we're, we're this whole season. We're going for it for St. Jude and we're going to see what we can do. We we need your help to help us uh, help these folks and get a, get it over the finish line at the end of the season. So uh, this is the first you'll hear about it. Uh, We'll have, we'll have some stuff going on as the season goes on uh, to help these folks, these families uh, get ahead and take care of their stuff with uh, and, and, and just help them when they need it the most. I, I, I implore you go back to St. Jude uh, broadcasts from last year. We released the individual pieces. There's one. They all came out in early December. Uh, we talked to Mandy. It's my cousin. She lost her child. Um, it is heart wrenching, but uh, kind of gives you a taste of why oh we're, we're so focused that on that story, man. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. So there you go. This is the season of St. Jude. We're dedicating this lion season. Uh, we'll do some stuff with those sweet uh, 1991. Uh, oh, I've got one. Uh, it's all buried and stuff. Uh, the, where is it? I can't get to it, man. I got so much stuff here right now. My, my son's going to college. I'm, I'm taking him Friday. We're moving him in. So I got a lot of stuff going on here. But uh, the cool throwback retro 1991 God, NFC Central champs shirts yeah they're they're <laughs> sweet um go to detroitlionspodcast.com slash store you'll see them uh they're, they're really there's men's and women's shirts you've got some great women's styles there so check those out uh florida man shows up i, I i'm not even gonna <laughs> not even gonna all right so with that last thing we want to talk about a uh, quick topic drives me nuts Congratulations for everyone who gets to take advantage. Sunday ticket update. There's going to be student plans coming within the next week. I got conned into buying the non-refundable plan. Last week was the first year. Last year was the first year I could honestly use the student plan for Sunday ticket because my son's in college. They changed it over to YouTube TV and they put this thing buy it by like June 6th. You get $100 off. Otherwise, you're paying full price. Yeah. No student plan. That's it. I'm like, oh, man. And I waited and waited to the last day, signed up and got it. And now they show up with a GD student plan that I could have got. You you scam jam. Uh, You know, either way. I don't care if it's DirecTV or Google, YouTube, whatever. Assholes run Sunday Ticket no matter who YouTube runs it. <laughs> yeah, well, YouTube yeah. is part of Google, which is part of um, whatever they call their company. Yeah, uh, is that yeah. is that Alphabet? I don't even. I one of them's no. Meta, one of them's Alphabet, one of them's X, and I'm quite frankly I confuse them all. Yeah. I don't sleep enough in the summer, so yeah, no state tickets. But Duval, let, let me know what your insurance costs. <laughs> 
<laughs> all right let's uh so sunday tickets student plans are coming good stuff have a uh, enjoy good. enjoy the world um seatbeltgang.com all that we got that going on riz uh um, he I'm did gonna, that today by the way he, he did a seatbelt today he broke up a pass and nice broke it nice. out he's got some crazy did it next to him he's Here gonna one. be breaking out some new shirts Break, next week Jerry's going to be breaking out some new shirts next week, so keep your eyes open on the Seatbelt Gang crew. Uh, also, don't forget about us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. If you donate as little as $5 a month or more, you get access to the Slack chat, which is the most wonderful, intelligent Lions chat on the internet. Uh, and it helps us do all the things. It helps us bring ash. It helps us bring some really really nice stuff coming uh your way soon to be announced uh get ready the fire hose your 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 cheeks are going to be popped out like a chipmunk that's full uh we got a ton of content coming your way make sure to follow us on twitter at jeff risden as you see there and at det lions podcast det lions podcast it's where the the beauty comes to to live and we do it pants free give us a call via skype detroit lions podcast all one word detroit lions podcast or call us in the lions line at 248-782-8384 it's 248 do it riz rub you fug there you go all right uh be sure to go to detroit lions podcast and subscribe to the podcast because when you do that the most magical thing happens what happens riz I get to come into your ear holes automatically. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs. No problems, baby, because we are your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Thank you all for tuning in, turning on, and dropping out. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.